Welcome to Disability Talks, a podcast produced by Abilities in Motion. I'm your host, Shelley Hauser. Join us for real conversations and no-nonsense talk from everyday people with disabilities living their most independent everyday lives. Tune in for the latest news surrounding disability, accessibility, and independence, where conversations aren't dissed and stories that need to be told aren't missed. So let's talk. Good day, everyone. This is Shelley Hauser, your host for Disability Talks. Welcome back. And today we have special guest Gail Hamilton uh, here to visit with us. Gail is a public speaker, an accomplished author, crowned Ms. Colorado Senior, an opera singer, and has two master degrees. Welcome, Gail. How are you today? I am well. How are you? Very good. Thank you for being on the show today. My pleasure. So it's been uh, quite a pleasure to read up on you and study all of your accomplishments in life. You've had quite a diverse life. Tell me more about how some of this all came about. You know, I have two answers for that. And one of my answers is my own desire, will, determination to do all the things I've done. And I'm reflecting about that. I, My grandma kind of inspired me towards that. And she gave me a record when I was in high school of, and this is old school. I know, I know, I know. But it, of um, Jonathan Livingston Siegel. And it was a beautiful recording that was narrated. And then it had music in the background. So it was really wonderful because I could picture these seagull flying and it was it was awesome. I love it's still my favorite pick me up kind of record if I'm really feeling down and out. And Jonathan says that your whole body from wingtip to wingtip is nothing more than a thought in the form that you can see and break the chains of your thoughts and you break the chains of your body too. And I didn't know anything about thoughts creating our realities and our destinies back then. I, I knew I loved Jonathan, but I really connected with that statement and that my desire to do whatever the it is has to be bigger than my fear. And my desire was to be a music person. My desire was to sing. I mean, once, and I've always followed my passion and my desires. My heart said, you're now going to be a singer. I go, yes, that's what I'm going to go do. So I'd go off and do that thing, which, and when I was in my graduate with masters, I, I got the opportunity to audition for the operas and I went, I'm going to do this. So it was partly my desire and my passion and my purpose and my belief in myself. And probably the good news was I didn't know any differently not to do that. <laughs> But I went off and did it. And then I had, a, uh, in that case, a voice teacher that believed in me. And she saw me as a singer that just happened to be blind and not a blind singer. And that there's a difference in that. And so I think both the external and the internal helped me to do whatever my it was. When I was Miss America, um, not only was my passion to inspire people that you could do whatever the it is in your life. And my passion, we had to come up with a 35 second philosophy and my philosophy, which really unknowingly has guided my whole life, but, and still guides me. But my pat, my philosophy is my desire to fly must be bigger than my fear of falling. 
vision is internal, not external, and is guided by my heart, not my eyes. And in order to be free to fly, you must want your dream, feel your dream, and believe that your dream will come true. And most importantly, you must live your dream. I'm the creator of my destiny, the composer of my symphony, and I choose to live a life of greatness. And that's kind of what's guided me all my life without me always knowing that. And so from that, yeah, I built my own Habitat for Humanity house former and was written my own book and was Miss America and the operas. And those are highlights of my life because I wanted to do it. My passion told me I had to do it. And the good news is I followed that. And then I kind of had the opportunities to do it. So believing in myself and other people believing in me kind of created the end result of that. That's really great. Had a lot of positive and negatives, um, I guess, with having blindness. What's the biggest positive and negative you've noticed? And would you change the way your life has turned out? Biggest positive negative. Biggest. Uh, the positive, you know, on a psychological, spiritual level, the positive has always been that I get to see people from the inside out. And that's, and I've always done that. I, I don't tend to judge them, of course, I can't, on their physical appearance. So who is that person that's sitting, being, standing right in front of me? And let's connect with the heart of that person. The And I know I would not change that. I, I wrote in my book that I think the very first couple sentences in the book say something like, you know, I'm blind. And if you're going to have a disability, it's the best one to have because, you know, I still get to talk to you. I still get to hear music and and cook and not that I'm good at that. Um, and walk with my dog down the street. And it's my my essence of who I am is not changed by that. And with that said, blindness affects every aspect of my life. And um, probably I had a therapist once that said, except sleeping. And I'm kind of thinking, no, I got insomnia. That blindness might go in there too. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. So it might affect everything. And and then the the negative is for sure that education is a constant, that I constantly have to educate people that I'm the same as you. I just do things differently. And that and, and people underestimate what blind people can do. And I probably because society is so visually oriented, they just don't understand how blind people can operate without sight. And to constantly say, I can do whatever the, it is that you can do and to value me and respect me for the, that care. You know, blindness is just one part of me. It's not the whole who I am. And unfortunately, that's a lot of times what people see is the, only my blindness and the end that I'm not capable of doing whatever that it is. That's really true. I think a lot of people um, with any disability experience that. Yeah, it's too bad because we're more than just that. Absolutely. So I wanted to know in what ways COVID made your life maybe more accessible, if in any. Um, And do you think this will be a new normal for in society, the way we've done things maybe through Zoom and and connecting in virtual ways? I I think it's forced, at least for me, and I'm self-employment and I'm you know, a speaker and a writer and all that. And so I 
can't go out and do that physically. Uh, and so it's like, well, what am I going to do? And at first I was like, well, I'll just sit here and play piano and kind of veg out. And then I kind of went, or I still can write and speak. I just have to do it in different electronic mediums now, which in some ways I've wanted to always do. I just didn't focus on that because I was focusing on the out there kind of thing. And so I still get to do that now. I, I write blogs, I go on podcasts and and all that. Um, so I think it will continue to be doing that. I think it'll be a hybrid of, I'm seeing this morning, it's like, well, I love to speak out there because I love audiences and laughing and joking and getting around and, and letting them see who I am. And then I, I still see it as maybe we'll live stream Facebook and do the Zoom thing at the same time because you certainly get to reach more people. I mean, I'm in Philadelphia today, so that's a cool thing, wherever I'm at. <laughs> yes. No, you're right outside of Philadelphia, the heart of where all those elections have been such a, a ruckus lately. Yeah, yeah. I guess you had to be noticed. A little bit. We don't, we, we're not shy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Stand up for it, Yeah. So do you think you've reached wider audiences through this um, virtual connecting over the last couple of months? I think so. But, you know, the the hard thing, well, even speaking in general, it's kind of hard. Unless somebody buys a book or sends me an email, it's hard to know how I touch people. But I've, I've been to California and Florida and Canada. I just got one from Australia today. So I was like, woohoo, I get to go to Australia. So that's that's pretty cool. My big spinoff is I want to touch people's lives. I mean, that's always been my motivation. Even when I was Miss America, I didn't do it because I thought I was like the most beautiful being on the planet. I did it because I wanted to let people know that they could do whatever there it is. So right. um, that's my big, big motivation. But it is fun to travel around and do all that. Yeah. So you wanted to show the audience all the things that you can do and have them focus on that rather than what they assume you can't do. Correct? Right. And even in COVID, there's something, there's your passion, your purpose, that whatever the it was you were doing before COVID, you probably can still do the same it. It's just you have to do the it differently. It seems as if with the disabled community that transportation, employment, and technology seem to be some of the biggest three barriers uh, for us. Uh, how do you see or want to see these things change now that COVID's hitting us and people are forced to work from home? Yeah, always three big. Um, I was thinking about transportation when I went, I think they should, instead of riding the public bus, I think they should give us Lyfts and Ubers for the same price they give us buses. Wouldn't that be good? Yeah. <laughs> I thought, because that would really save us time. Because part of the bus thing is A, accessibility, or it doesn't always go where you want to go, and you have to go on their time frame. And then it's not always reliable. And I know I've shown up sometimes for presentations, and it was, you know, I'm a little bit late, or I'm, I'm, I don't get there in time, or they go to the wrong location. And I was like, oh, that's professional. Um, so I was thinking that would be really great. It might even save them money in the long run to give us, you know, lifts and Ubers for that same fee. Um, that was a little fantasy I was having this morning. But it is a big one. And in, in employment, um, you know, I was thinking today, too, that I was on a Zoom virtual state convention and there was a guy that was presenting on diversity, diversity 
And he was talking about how we all have our disabilities with our little characteristics. And like for me, I'm blind and I'm a woman and I'm a senior and, and whatever else I bring to the table. And we have to, this is going into education and, and employment, we have to bring those parts of us kind of like out of the closet and display those to others and be willing to be vulnerable and to be willing to be bold about them. And that's the only way that we can expect to educate and empower others that we are the same as they are. And we have our differences, but and our differences make us unique and they're a blessing and not to be seen as a curse. And I liked how he said all that. And it got me to thinking about that and employment and how to really not be shy about who I am because we all have something and that we may feel uncomfortable about bringing to the table or vulnerable. And, you know, it's, it's okay because that's who make, what makes us us. And, and in doing so, that, that's the only way to educate others about who we are and what we can do and to help them see us as capable people with high ex- and expect the highness out of us, not low expectations out of us. So we're the same as, not less than. Absolutely. And sometimes we're better than, but they don't know that we are because they see us as less. Well, I think with that, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be back with Gail Hamilton. Abilities in Motion is one of Pennsylvania's premier centers for independent living, existing to educate, support, and promote individuals with disabilities. Our programs are focused on providing opportunities for individuals with disabilities to live independent, self-determined lives. Abilities in Motion advocates for local, state, and national laws that protect the rights of people with disabilities. We are proud to create innovative and sustainable solutions and set trends using multi-focused approaches towards shaping national education, employment opportunities, in-home supports, and health care that affects the lives of individuals with disabilities. For more information about programs and services Abilities in Motion provides, call 610-376-0010 or visit our website at www.abilitiesinmotion.org. And we're back, and today's guest is Gail Hamilton. Gail, I wanted to get into something you mentioned to me that was really important, um, self-care. How do you feel about self-care, especially in such a stressful year of, of 2020? I feel, how do I feel about that? I feel that it's, well, it's really important that that we mainly can, well, we connect with ourselves and we connect with others. So connecting with ourselves, meaning for me, what, what brings me joy every day? And that might be making music or it might be, um, you know, doing podcasts and blogging. But, and it also might mean to acknowledge myself when I'm not maybe, you know, right on the top of my game to go, okay, it's time for a movie and popcorn now. And to acknowledge that or, and then, also to know when I do need to reach out and to make sure I do that to either a professional and or to just friends and connect with another human being. Because for me, being self-employed and I live by myself, it's just me and these walls. And it's it's good to stay connected with others and make sure they remember that I still exist over here too. And, and even though I am inspiring people all the time, that sometimes, every once in a while, not very often, that I need a little inspiration 
inspiration too, or somebody to give me a verbal hug over the phone and say that, you know, they're here for me as as well, because we all need that give and take kind of thing. So it's important to keep keep on doing that, reaching out for sure. In any, in any way that we can right now with the social distancing. So speaking of inspiring and, and connecting with others, last year, you spoke at the National Speakers Association of Colorado on climbing our mountains of success. And, uh, and I want you to tell us more about that and your book, uh, Soaring into Greatness. I believe that climbing your mountains, whatever that mountain is, yeah, there's there's some tools or some things you have to have to climb a mountain. And uh, you have to see the mountain at first. Sometimes some people don't even see that they have a mountain. <laughs> totally in denial of the, of the mountain, of whatever that obstacle is. And then you have to have the desire to climb that mountain and the passion and the, the willingness. When I remember when I did, was beginning and I psychotherapy, and this was like 30 years ago. But when I was, did it, I'd go, I don't want to climb the mountain. I, I was like totally in denial of that mountain. And I, I go, can we just like blow it up? And then I could just like walk through that heap of dirt. <laughs> you got to do the work. <laughs> you're like, no, I don't, don't make me climb it. And they said, no, and you can't go around the mountain and you can't, I guess you could get a plane and go fly over it. But you really, at the end of the day, have to climb the mountain. And in order to climb the mountain, you have to have a desire. Then you have to start climbing and you have to practice. You can't climb that 14 footer. I don't think you have mountains much in films. You have, you have them where you are, mountains? Yep. Yes, we do. Wow. Okay. So in order to climb the mountain, you have to, you, you don't just climb that by walking around the park. You might have to go first 5,000 feet and then maybe 10,000. So you don't do the whole thing in one day you have to practice to climb that mountain and then you have to have the tools to climb it you know they you have to have the trekking poles and the crepons and the hats with the little lights on them and all that stuff and and in life we have to have tools as well you know it could be a could be the therapist or it could be the education or it could be that computer class or whatever that is and then you have to have a mentor and and if you're doing the mount everest which in my book i said i climbed the psychological mount everest and in order to do that you have to have a sherpa you know somebody that's been before you that can guide you on your way. And and in thinking about climbing mountains, you you sometimes don't always stay on the path and you might slide off or go into a little crater. And in my case, I said I went into a great big crater and I had to have my therapist get that little belay rope and put it down to me and drag me back up. You know, so you have to have somebody that's willing to kind of be there and do that for you. And then you have to keep practicing and keep being committed and believe in yourself that you're going to make it up that mountain and have that determination. Of course, then when you get to the top, you get the joy of celebrating the, the whatever it is you just accomplished. So you have to have tools, practice, the mentor, the belief in yourself and uh, celebrating at the top to, to get to overcome that. And those are kind of some of my beliefs on how you get through life and how you have the tools to do that. And uh, you have to have the passion and desire to do it. And you can't go through life without having the mountains and just how we deal with them and cope with them that make all the difference. What made you want to write your soaring into greatness? I I knew I had a story to tell and and I and I just had to get that out because I thought that there's other people that 
maybe have similar stories or they feel alone or they feel that they're not worthy or capable or I I don't want they and part of it was that I had gotten on the other side of that mountain if you want to call it that and I I was a victim for so many years I was held down by my belief that I couldn't do whatever that it was and and that that held me back a lot and once I discovered that it's, you know, those six inches between my ears that made the difference, that there's my attitude and that I can do anything anybody else can do. And once I learned all that, I wanted to empower others not to waste a second more in their life of thinking they couldn't do whatever that it was. And I wanted to empower them that they could do whatever that was, and that we really aren't the victim of our circumstances. We're the creator of them. And I wanted I just wanted to get that out there as soon as I could so people could, could just hopefully learn from my story be inspired by it that they could do whatever there it was that and I know better than anybody else I just keep on keeping on and that to encourage them to keep on keeping on because we can do whatever it is that that brings us joy every day have you got any feedback from any of your readers um not much yeah I, I did for my family we just won't even go there um Ah, how can you do that? For my readers, some people say it's inspiring. I don't know if they've given it to other people or not. Um, who knows? But not much. So be the first and bring me, give me your feedback. I think earlier in 2020, you spoke on focusing on what matters. How do you suggest we find our vision to succeed? Looking inside, finding what brings you joy and what is your passion. Um by doing that. And a lot of people say, I don't know what that is. And they and I go, well, you have to know sort of like what what don't you want? And then you have to know what and by finding like I said, well, make a list of your don't wants and then find out what you do want. And then and then what is that? And does that bring you, whatever brings you joy is what you should be doing. I've never done too much. I was going to say, I've never done anything. And I was going to say, well, that didn't bring me joy. And I thought, well, I had two part-time jobs once. But even doing those, what brought me joy was connecting with people. And so maybe I've never done anything that didn't bring me joy. And that's probably been my model. And for better or for worse, you know, I've never had a full-time nine to five job. I've always just played piano and performed and spoke and I was a therapist for a while and I just kept doing what what I like to do and that's just kind of led me to all these different crazy things I've done in my life. I believe your mantra is anything is possible. I like that. I'll go yeah. with that one. Um you you wrote that, you came up with that? Sure. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I imagine that I, if that, that's part of my mantra, anything's possible. And I do believe that. So I can see that's part of my vision. Yeah. Um, I believe that one of the things I say is change the way you see and change the way you live. You know, it's, that's anything is possible. Uh, your desire to fly has to be bigger than your fear of falling. Anything's possible. Um, so I, I do believe anything is possible. The limits we have are only the ones that we put on ourselves. That's absolutely right. You know, and, and there, you know, I acknowledge that there's for at least in the blind community, there's 60 percent unemployment before the pandemic. I mean, there is societal stuff we have to go through. And and maybe that's how come I didn't have a full nine to five job. But in reality, I don't think I would have been happy being a pro- computer programmer, let's say. I'm not wired that way. And I've been miserable. So you have to do your 
passion and your purpose and, and all that. And anything is possible and you have to keep with that, whatever that thing that is that brings you joy. It's kind of like when one door closes, another one opens. And I think for you, if that nine to five employment door closed, it really left you time to become Ms. Colorado and take on operas and you know, write your book and get your degrees and, and all these wonderful things that created who you are. Yeah. And if I would have done the nine to five, I would never have done any of that. And probably if I hadn't been blind, I never would have done that. You know, if I would have been like my sister, I mean, I, 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 you know, having sight, I, you know, I've I've been married, had 15 kids and (laughs) that'd been me, but I, you know, I I like that. I'm not that, you know, this is, way more fulfilling spiritually, heart-wise, psychologically, and all that, you know. Would I wish it fed my pocketbook more? Yeah, but it brings me joy and it's all good. It's all in divine order, as they say. So pending that 2021 is a better year, what do you have planned for yourself? Um, I would like to take what I'm doing now and I keep expanding that. Get the, you know, once we become able to be out there safely, then I would love to go speaking for live audiences and doing more of that because that I really love the interaction between me and other people. That's fun to me. Maybe it's the performer in me that I I like that. I'm not afraid of people and all that. I'd love to do workshops. I think that'd be fun. And that's probably the therapist in me. I like to see what makes people tick. And I like to help them overcome whatever those psychological barriers are. And let's let's get people out there doing their passions and their dreams and their purpose because life's too short. And maybe that's one thing we've learned during the pandemic is life is too short and we should be doing what we want to be doing. And so doing more of that and I don't know, whatever, whatever is in order is where I'll go. Well, Gail, thank you so much for being here with me and my listeners. And thank you for uh, your wisdom and your insight. Uh, um, so I, I look forward to finishing, you know, checking out the book and finishing it and calling you back for a virtual lunch. It was really fun getting to know you. Yeah. And to our listeners out there, thanks for connecting and listening in today and check out our other podcasts here at Disability Talks. And if you like what you hear, make sure that you hit that like and subscribe button. So with that, I thank you. I thank Gail and I thank to all of our listeners. And please join us again for another day of Disability Talks. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Disability Talks. Want to keep the conversation going? Then visit our website at abilitiesinmotion.org or connect with us on social media. And remember, don't dis my ability.